Welcome to Now Charleston. I'm Sam Spence. It's Wednesday, February 16th. Every episode on Now Charleston looks at a handful of headlines from the Charleston area and tells you why they're important. Today on the show, I've got four stories driving the news here in Charleston. First up, the public is finally getting more information about the sudden departure last year of Charleston County School District Superintendent Jurita Postalwaite, and the interim superintendent has put the brakes on a controversial school improvement proposal that critics say was rushed through the process without public input. Second, could Volvo be building an all-new electric crossover at its U.S. factory outside Charleston? Third, North Charleston is looking for designs and ideas for a new city flag. We'll go down the rabbit hole, let alone city flags. It's a very weird, specific rabbit hole. Fourth, there is just a massive amount of live music coming to Charleston in the next few months. This week, Fish announced a two-night run on Daniel Island, but more than 20 big-name shows are planned for just the next few months. It's Wednesday, y'all. Have I told you how special you are for listening to Now Charleston? No, really, I've got a study to prove it. Those stories, starting now. Former Charleston County Superintendent Jurita Postalwaite will be paid more than $240,000 as part of a separation agreement after her sudden resignation in December. Those documents were first released late last week after local media requested them under the State Freedom of Information Act. School board members accepted the superintendent's resignation December 29th last year during a board meeting held in executive session. And that means no members of the public were allowed to be present. And while the agreement reportedly includes a non-disparagement clause, members have not said anything publicly about why Postal Wait resigned suddenly after seven years. A little behind the scenes here. The Freedom of Information Act gives public bodies up to about 40 days to acknowledge and respond to records requests. Just backing the calendar out a little from when these reports started dropping from local media late last week. Now, I don't know for sure since I'm not with those outlets, but it sure looks like the district used every bit of its 40 days, 40-ish days to release these public records. The $241,933 lump sum payout postal weight is due by mid-July is equivalent to about one year's salary. Under the agreement, the former superintendent will continue to work as a consultant and be paid her normal rate until that time. Interim Superintendent Don Kennedy was named the temporary district leader in December. Postal Weight's departure comes as the district continues to struggle with education gaps at traditional neighborhood schools and controversy over how to remedy that issue. There's significant pressure on the district to recommit resources to building public neighborhood schools, while outside groups are pushing district leaders to expand public-private partnerships in charter schools. With a new federal program that allows districts to partner with local groups using COVID-19 relief funds, the Coastal Community Foundation in December proposed the Reimagined Schools Plan to use more than $31 million in relief funds to set up special district commissions to steer low-performing schools. Objections to those plans came up almost immediately. In January, after Postal Wait's resignation and after weeks of swelling frustration, school board members heard from dozens of activists, principals, and teachers who continued to criticize the plan. Here's North Charleston High School principal Henry Darby at that meeting. Uh, Firstly, there has been no principal's input. We are adamantly opposed to this measure. Uh, Reimagined School has esoterically, assiduously, and surreptitiously sought to have this proposal expeditiously passed by the board without community support. 
not only African American community, but also the Hispanic community. They have no knowledge of this proposal, uh, should they not be included as well. I stand for 23 principals who are affected by reimagined schools. We are adamantly, utterly, and passionately against reimagined proposal and wish for the measure to be eviscerated. South Carolina State Representative Marvin Pendarvis said he was also concerned about the reimagined schools proposal, which would, have, which would have impacted North Charleston students in the district he represents. North Charleston Mayor Keith Summey used the plan's quick consideration as a jumping off point for a five-minute statement published February 4th on behalf of his office and city leaders that took issue with the district's overall approach. Charleston County school districts decide and dictate from headquarters approach to North Charleston is sadly not confined to the reimagined schools proposal. Some he said North Charleston schools were being shortchanged in terms of positive education outcomes, school facilities, and athletic facilities. If you can't tell, Summy was also pissed. City Council and I are putting Charleston County School District on notice. We are extremely dissatisfied with the level of cooperation and communication we see coming back from Charleston County School District. Though my strong preference would be to improve Charleston County School District service to the children of North Charleston, the city has reluctantly begun to investigate ways in which Charleston County School District may be cast aside in favor of more competent management. Somebody said he even met with elected state leaders about how to pull North Charleston schools out of Charleston County School District, though that's a last resort, he said. Mayor Summy reportedly met with district officials on Tuesday. After that public outcry, the school board put off a vote on the reimagined schools proposal, and Kennedy kind of slow-played the plan's consideration. On Monday this week, he said the district is pausing its decision on how to use relief funds for community partnerships, saying there needed to be more time to consider the more than 70 proposals the district received and how best to use that relief money overall. The district has not said whether that move is in direct response to the criticism, but at least one school board member had questions about Kennedy's handling of the decision, so this likely isn't the last we've heard about this issue. There are links to all this background on nowcharleston.com, N-O-W-C-H-S.com. Go check that out if you need to. I know it's a lot to catch up on. But just to wrap this up, there are just a lot of questions about all this. What prompted Post-Await's sudden resignation between Christmas and New Year's? Why was the reimagined schools plan pushed so quickly? Where are we on the search for a new superintendent? Who's calling the shots on federal funding considerations? Who's calling the shots in general? Volvo is reportedly planning an all-new electric crossover SUV, and it could be built at the company's U.S. facility here in Ridgeville, uh, just up 26 from Charleston. I first saw this online last week, and I haven't seen it reported anywhere else locally. Um, so is this, a, is this a now Charleston exclusive? Let's, let's go with it. Um, Automotive News originally reported that Volvo has plans for a new all-electric crossover SUV somewhere between its uh, XC60 and XC90 SUVs. Uh, those are pretty big cars, by the way. I don't, I'm not sure how this is a crossover. Um, anyway, right now, the Ridgeville plant builds the company's S60 sedan, uh, but it's retooling to be the only Volvo factory that produces only full electric cars. Um, I've got links to the original Automotive News which story, which is paywalled and an auto blog follow up on it this week at nowcharleston.com. Okay, so what? 
Well, electric car technology is progressing fast and people have an appetite for them. I mean, look at Tesla. Look at all those electric truck ads during the Super Bowl. Volvo has said all its cars will be electric by 2030. The company's South Carolina factory would be the only one making only full electric cars. So in short, the Charleston area is positioned, if this report's correct, the Charleston area is positioned to be a link in the chain for the expansion of electric vehicles. Up next, North Charleston is looking to create a new city flag. North Charleston is taking submissions for a new flag through March 17th in honor of its 50th anniversary this year. Uh, What's that? A city flag, you say? Yes, city flags are a thing. Um, Ask anyone from Chicago or Washington, D.C. or Phoenix, Arizona. Um, North Charleston's current city flag is what's not so fondly called a seal on a sheet. It's like a ton of other city flags, including the city of Charleston's. And it's bad. It's boring. It's boring and it's bad. Uh, Shout out, by the way, to the city of North Charleston for citing chapter and verse. The principles of flag design and its announcement flyer. Let's just run through those. Real quick, they're kind of simple and and fun. Um, One, keep it simple. It has to be able to be drawn from memory and it has to be recognizable. Two, use meaningful symbolism. Three, use two to three basic colors. Four, no lettering or seals. So looking at you, everybody. And five, uh, be distinctive or related. Uh, meaning that you you want to avoid duplicating, but you can use similarities. So like Denver's flag is the same yellow, blue, white, and red of the Colorado state flag. When I saw this, I thought about Columbia, which adopted a new city flag in 2020. Uh, theirs keeps to the five principles and is definitely unique. Um, when it went through its design process, it got 547 designs, it said. Uh, there's a video on uh, now charleston.com with every single one. Um, some are professionally designed, some are drawn with crayons. You can tell, uh, those 547 designs were narrowed to 18, uh, which are all pretty unique and available on a website that they put together also. Uh, but then the city council decided more criteria were needed and they went ahead and paid uh, half a dozen designers to flesh out designs that ended up going before the mayor and city council. The final Columbia flag was designed by a a local designer named Nate Puza. Um, You can see that at nowcharleston.com as well, along with information on how you can draw and submit your very own flag design for North Charleston. Uh, Good designs only, please. In his 2015 TED Talk, podcast host Roman Mars interviewed Ted Kay, the guy that came up with those five principles of flag design. Ted Kay talked about how a good flag can create a positive feedback loop of symbolism and civic pride. North Charleston's huge. It's diverse. It covers three counties. Just look on a map. It's a huge geographic area. It runs from the Ladson, Charleston, Southern area down the neck of the Charleston Peninsula. Can a, a flag unify such a huge disparate area? I don't know but I would probably fly one outside my house in Park Circle, and I'm sure a lot of other people would too. And finally, with COVID-19 numbers down for now, I think it's safe to get excited for live music again, right? There's a ton of big-name live music coming through Charleston in the next few months. Now, of course, Charleston has no shortage of super talented, awesome local musicians who take local stages every single week. And those stages are coming back as well, if they haven't come back already. 
from the Windjammer out in Alla Palms to the Royal American downtown and Poorhouse on James Island. The music hall always has a stacked schedule and the music farm is coming back too, which is awesome. But in just the next few months, we've got High Water Festival, which it will bring Jack White and My Morning Jacket to town thanks to Shovels and Ropes magic. Um, that's been on calendars for a while, but there are a ton more. Jimmy Eat World, Incubus, Tyler the Creator, Bob Dylan, Slipknot, Primus, and Steely Dan are all on deck to play at North Charleston Coliseum or North Charleston Performing Arts Center. Daniel Island's upgraded Credit One Stadium, that's the old Family Circle Cup Stadium, has become the kind of big local outdoor venue of choice, it seems like. In just the next few months, they've got Zach Brown Band on April 23rd, Kenny Chesney, May 25th, Fish announced a two-night run this week on May 31st and June 1st. Just a couple days later, Dave Matthews Band will play two nights, June 3rd and June 4th. Jason Isbell and Cheryl Crow come together on June 11th. Thomas Rhett, The Black Keys, Band of Horses are all slated to play over the summer. And that's not it. Uh, at Firefly in North Charleston, Toro Imwa from Columbia opens for Karangbin on May 5th. Sylvan Esso plays at Firefly on May 17th, and Shaky Graves closes out Spoleto Festival on June 12th. The Music Farm is reopening with local and touring acts. Susto from Charleston kicks it off on April 15th for two nights. And of course, we can't forget Weird Al plays the Gilliard Center on August 14th. So I, all that is to say, I hope you've saved up your energy and your money for all the live music you haven't been seeing over the past few years. You are in good company now, Charleston listeners. Did you know just 7% of Americans say they often get their news from a podcast, according to a new Pew Research study? Now, if you listen to a couple of these episodes, there aren't that many more, uh, I'd say you're an all-star American news consumer, according to Pew. Um, all told, about 23% of Americans get at least some of their news from podcasts. Uh, people under 30 are more likely to listen to news podcasts, not surprisingly. But after that, Democrats, Republicans, men, women, people of all ethnic and racial backgrounds all listen to podcasts, uh, all get their news from podcasts at similar rates, according to Harvard's Neiman Lab. If just 7% of folks often get news from podcasts, that just looks like a lot of growth potential to me. I really do think there is a lot of potential for this format. And it seems like a lot of y'all do too, with more than 500 downloads of Now Charleston episodes since I launched less than a week ago. So thanks so much for that, you guys. If you have feedback on how I can make this show better, the format, anything, anything, hate mail, I'm used to getting that, you can leave me a voice message at 843-474-1319 or just shoot me an email, sam at nowcharleston.com. That's S-A-M at N-O-W-C-H-S dot com. And as always, you can check nowcharleston.com for links and notes from today's show. To make sure you don't miss anything in between, check out twitter.com slash nowcharleston and instagram.com slash nowcharleston and go ahead and give me a follow. I'll be back Friday with the next Now Charleston. <laughs>